welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. I'm Diane, the lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And I have the review of the week. Yay. Yay. So this review of the week is by Noster, and it is about an episode that we just recently did a couple weeks ago, and it's about the not signs of low milk supply. Remember that episode? Mm-hmm. That was a good one. Guys, this past week's episode spoke to my crazy. You literally hit on every topic I needed to hear. I cannot thank you enough for all you do. Now listen every hour until it sinks in and I'm confident enough to share that info when family members make a comment. I love this podcast. So thank you. That's so cool. Thank you. Yeah. So, and that's kind of like we always say, that's what we want. We want you guys to like build that confidence so that you can go, no, this is right. I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing the right thing. Yeah, because it was like the other information is all the stuff that you're hearing first, all the wrong stuff. My God. Sometimes I look at stuff on the internet if I'm looking for something specific and I'm like, this is really bad information. Like I can't <laughs> yes. even look at it. I have to like shut my computer in disgust because I can't even look at it. It's so ridiculous. So ridiculous. I know. I know. I always like checking my messages or something on Instagram and somebody like it's nice because people always add the bad information they got first. They're like, oh, my pediatrician told me this and this. Is this true? And I'm like, hold on, Exley. I need to answer somebody. I know. I know. It drives me crazy. Like some one of my friends sent me a, a screenshot of something that came up in a, in a breastfeeding um, Facebook page, which are the worst, by the way. But <sighs> she – and it was like, oh, make sure that you're drinking enough water. That makes all the difference in the world for your milk supplies, the water, the water, the water. And I, like, went off on this t- – and my poor friend, like, she wasn't – you know, she didn't <laughs> say it. But I was like, really? Because people in other countries that don't even have clean water, which is why they don't use formula to begin with, <laughs> but they still oh. make breast milk just fine. It just like it makes me crazy. It makes me crazy when I hear the bad. Yeah, I feel like that's another whole episode. It's just the water. Yeah. You have to drink a lot of water. Like that is just some I mean, even I even see lactation professionals saying that. I mean, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Stop. I know it. I know. So but today we're not gonna talk about water. No. So tangent. <laughs> no. I know. Welcome to our tangenty podcast. But today we are gonna talk to Lauren, who was one of the winners of the contest of the breastfeeding in public contest. Yeah. And her like, photo so her photo like just resonated with so many people. It did. Yes, it did. So we loved it and like we her, and she, her photo is the one, the army mom pumping, holding a rifle. She's sitting on the ground. She's in her uniform and she's holding her yeah. automatic like, weapon. Yes. yes. And she just looks amazing and she's so cool. And we, I can't wait to hear her story. Yes. And I, it is just, um, you know, it was that contest was really hard because there was, so, I mean, they're always hard because there's so many amazing pictures. But we had like, we had what, like 200 pictures that we got all together. But when we put the finalists up there, there was thousands of votes, like literally thousands of people voting on these. Pictures. I could not believe that. Yeah. That thing popped off crazy. I mean, I, I posted it and I went back like a minute later to refresh it just to see if it was like up there. And there were like a hundred comments. 
I took a screenshot. I sent it to Diane. I was like, Diane, what? What's going on? What? Oh, my God. You go, this is out of control. It's out of control. <laughs> oh, my God. We have to stop. Take it down. I, <laughs> I know. Like, I can't count all these votes. I know. It was crazy. Was like three, it ended up being like 3,000 people voting on Facebook and 1,000 on uh, – 1,500 on Instagram or something. Like, something nuts like that. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, it's cool. People got really, really into it. Yeah. So that's, that's amazing that, you know and, – and I love that – it was a breastfeeding in public was like the theme, mm-hmm. but we had so many pumping pictures come in. And yeah. I think, you know, like we don't want to always say, oh, yeah, to breastfeed, you have to be a pump. You know, you have to pump in order to be a breastfeeding mom. It's like, no, but a lot of people do have to pump to be a yeah. breastfeeding mom. And if it's, you pump, you're a breastfeeding mom. Right. You're still. Yeah. So there's no reason why, you know, like that that's part of your life. It is part of, of your breastfeeding experience so yeah Yeah. if you have pictures of it i think that's fantastic and and we love that they were sent into us so thank you to everybody who sent us a picture yes and let's hear from lauren yeah thanks hi lauren thank you so much for joining us we're so excited to have you here hello i'm glad to be here thank you for having me so you have recently discharged or are discharging uh, I'm in the midst of discharging from the army right now. I'm on my terminal leave, so I have another about 30 days left. Okay, and so you've done four years. Yes, almost four years. Okay, that's amazing. Thank you so much for your service. Of course. And so let's start from the beginning. So you're in the army, and you're doing your thing, and you, so you get pregnant. Yeah. What is it like being pregnant in the military? Did what was you know what were your responsibilities? Did they change? Uh, So you know everyone has a very very unique experience, and I'm really glad that I'm here and I'm sharing my own because we have to hear the positive. And I just have to say, like first and foremost, that being pregnant in the army for me was the greatest experience. Um. There's no better place to be pregnant, I guess, than an <laughs> army. Um, you know, I still got to do my job. A lot of it is on the soldier to continue and want to work. And I wanted to work. And I wanted to continue to do my job. And I wanted to break all of these stigmas, everything about pregnancy in the military. Like, I just wanted to just throw it all in the garbage and just show everyone that you can be pregnant in the army and that you can still do everything that the rules and regulations allow you to do and you don't have to sit at a desk and you don't have to do nothing and you don't have to waste a whole year. I mean, I took full advantage of everything that I could have been doing that year. Um, whether it was my career or my personal life or education, um, my duties changed a little bit, of course. I mean, they have to change. Sure. Right around like the 20 week mark is when you, can't do as much as you used to be able to do because of the regulations. But uh, I did my job up until 20 weeks. I still participated in the physical training every morning for an hour. And I still did everything that they allowed me to do. Uh, I went to actually a machine gun range at 18 and a half weeks pregnant and I shot and I qualified and everyone was like, I didn't even know you could be pregnant and shoot a weapon. And I'm like, you sure can. That is amazing. Um, Yeah. So that was fun. And then, you know, towards the end, it took a little while to get my boots on in the morning and uh, things kind of slowed down. But I worked every single day until uh, 
the Friday before I had the baby, I went to work on Friday all day long. And then I had my baby on a Sunday. Wow. So, so you felt really supported by people around you. I was very supported by the people around me, whether it was my chain of command, which I guess, uh, you know, people would know that as your boss, all of my bosses were very supportive, my coworkers, my friends, my husband, my family. It was a great experience for me. Okay. So then you go on maternity leave. Yeah. And, and we know, we hear these stories, of course, we're in the United States. We hear these stories about people going back to work at four weeks, at six weeks and, you know, not having, what's the, what's maternity leave like in the military? Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> you get, uh, I believe it's 84. It might be 86, but uh, I think it's 84 days. So you get 84 days of paid leave to stay at home. Um, so we spent the first three months of, you know, my baby's life developing this great relationship and breastfeeding and everything else that comes along with learning how to be a mom for the first time. So it was an amazing first three months at home with my baby. And you're home. So were you still on, were you living on the military, on a military base or was your home somewhere? We lived about 10 minutes off of post. So I was about a 10 minute drive from the base and maybe 15 minutes from my work. And your, and your husband was also in the army. Yes. My Is that husband, right? Yes. He's a veteran as well. He did four years and he got out. Okay. He actually, uh, his last day in the army was three days before our baby was born. So oh, was wow. Crazy. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Okay. So, so then you're, so you're coming back from maternity leave. Were you, were you, were you nervous about how this was going to go? Did you feel like, mm, where am I going to pump? How is this going to work? I was a nervous wreck about going back to work um, because of breastfeeding. And it was mostly because of pumping and everyone that pumps knows that there's, there's double the work in pumping and you've got to make sure that you don't forget a valve, a flange, a bottle, a bag, your coolers. There was just so much stuff to bring to work. And for me, it was really, really, really overwhelming. But just like anything else, if you can get past the first couple of days or the first couple of weeks, you get in your routine, you get in your zone, you, you don't forget anything. I would make a, <laughs> I was so nervous to forget my pumping stuff that I would make lists of every single thing I would need. And I would tape it on my refrigerator and I would make sure that I had it that first week. And then I just got so used to it. And it, it became second nature to me. And I didn't have to look at the list. And I would just pack what I needed really, really quick and go to work. Wow. So when I think about somebody, I've never been in the military. But when I think about somebody in the military, I think about somebody like you're like you were saying, like shooting a gun, like running an obstacle course, like jumping through tires, and, you know, doing all these things. And so how do you pump? Like, when is there time to pump? Or, or is my, or do I have some sort of <laughs> misconception about being in the military? So no, you're right. And you're wrong because you're right in the fact that some of the days are full of obstacle courses or, or warrior Wednesdays where, you know, you, you basically are just outside doing stuff all day. And they're, there's days where you spend days at the range and cleaning weapons and you're out in the motor pool or you're driving a Humvee or you're doing that. And you're right. There are those days and those weeks, but 
for the most part, it's, it's not like that. You have a job and you do your job. And um, before I was pregnant, I had a pretty physically demanding job. But towards the end of my pregnancy, they moved me into an office. And um, the days were pretty much like anybody else, even if you weren't in the army. So um, I forgot the question. <laughs> so no, I was just talking about how do you figure out pumping? So so when you move to an office, so so if you're, you know, when you're, when you're, well, go ahead and answer. Yeah. Okay, yes. So how do you figure out pumping? So the army has a policy for pumping, which actually allows soldiers to make sure that they can pump for their baby for 12 whole months. Oh. So whether for you that means every two hours pumping or if it means every three or four, whether you take 10 minutes to pump or 30 minutes to pump, as long as it's reasonable, they have to allow you that time. So when I first went back to work, I was on a schedule. I was on, I put myself on a very strict, every three hours I would pump no matter what. So I would pump on my way to work at 5.30 in the morning. I would go to my PT. I would get out. That was an hour. I would take a shower, eat breakfast. I would pump again on my way to work and then I would work until lunch. I would pump on my lunch, work for another couple hours, pump again, work for a couple hours, get in my car, pump on the way home. And then uh, I would feed on demand from like 6 p.m. until the next morning. So it was just getting on that schedule. And then I had to talk to my bosses ahead of time and let them know before returning to work. I was like, I'm going to be pumping Um, I just want to let you know ahead of time. I want to make sure that like everyone knows what the regulations are so that we're all on the same page and they were awesome and they read what they were and we were all in the same understanding of what was going to happen and we just made it happen. So, so when you're like, you have office days, is that right? I mean, where you have kind of a predictable schedule? For the most part, it's, it's pretty predictable. Okay. And so, but there's got to be times where it's not. I mean, if you're out there cleaning weapons all day or you're, you know, driving around in a Humvee, like where, how, how are you doing this? Like, how do you just pump? Like when you're just driving around in a Humvee, did you? I'm sure everyone saw the picture, obviously, of me pumping at the range. And um, there were definitely times where I had to plan ahead and I had to bring with me coolers and ice packs and double of everything and tons of water bottles so that I could wash my pumps out in the field or at the range or in a Humvee on the side of the road or whatever we were doing. So there were lots of times that I pumped in a Humvee. I pumped in the woods. I pumped sitting on a log and at a tree. (laughs) There were some crazy places that I had to pump. Yeah. So, I mean, so the picture, so, I mean, you're sitting at the base of a tree holding a gun pumping, like, it's just like, and you're just smiling, like, you know, like there's nothing going on here, (laughs) you know, but to us, we're like, oh my God. Yeah. I'm like, this is normal. This is what everybody does. I mean, so again, technically the regulation is that they, they do have to provide you a room Uh, That's not a bathroom. They have to provide you running water and an outlet. But for me, I was like, I'm not going to let pumping stop me from doing my job. I wasn't going to let anyone think that I was getting treated a certain way because of pumping. So, I mean, I had every right to be taken back to my office, essentially. But I was like, you know what, I'm going to do what I have to do and I'm going to go home. And if that meant pumping in the woods, pumping in a Humvee, most of the guys I worked with, I mean, I did work with about 90% males and they were all so understanding about it and they would just turn around or they would like hold up a little blanket or whatever they had to do. They would make sure that I had another female with me going to the woods and 
you just do what you got to do. That's so fantastic having that support system and having like battery operated pumps and, you know, the ability to, to do what you wanted to do. Cause this was like you said, you could have gone back, but you were choosing to do this this way. I 100, yeah. And I I want to make that clear because you know, there's obviously people that are like, well, why did you let them do that to you? And they weren't doing anything to me. That was all, that was all me. And I'm not trying to sound, you know, like a, like a badass because I'm really, <laughs> well, <not>. you are <laughs> to me, it was just so normal and it, it just wasn't a big deal. I don't know why it just, it came so naturally and it, it wasn't a big deal and I didn't want to make a big deal about it. And I would just do what I had to do and walk back like nothing ever happened. Yeah. And you had the support. People were like, okay, this is what you're going to do. Okay. Yeah. And I was lucky. A lot of the guys I worked with um, had already had kids or, you know, they had wives or they were really surprisingly so mature about it. I mean, I'm sure there, there was lots of jokes about being a cow and (laughs) breast milk sometimes built on the desk when I was coming back with it, trying to pour it in my bags and stuff. But they were really, really surprisingly so mature. That's fantastic. Um, so what about, I don't know if this ever happened to you, but are there, there are times where you would go where people, you know, you go maybe on training for days, I was you know, really, away. So what do you do then? So I was really fortunate because I returned to work. I didn't have to return to work until September. And then I started kind of out processing in February. So between September and February, I don't know how this happened, but somehow I didn't I wasn't scheduled to go on any field training exercises because of the job I was and the time it was, I didn't have to go any, but, um, I knew plenty of women that I worked with that, uh, would go to the field training exercises and they would bring their pumps with them and they would go in the woods with their battle buddy and they would pump and, um, their husbands would either drive out there and pick it up every a couple of days, or they had to pump and dump to keep their supply up. But it happens every single day. Wow. Wow. People are amazing. People are so amazing. And you, so people are listening to this and they're like, wow, she's, she's so amazing. And that's really wonderful. But there's more about you because you also donate your breast milk. Is that right? Yes. So um, I was knowing that I had to go back to work and knowing that most of my days would be at least 12 hours long. Um, I was scared that being separated from my baby for that long, it was going to lower my supply. And I was terrified to not make enough milk. So while I was on my maternity leave, I started pumping earlier than you're supposed to, because I wanted to make a slight oversupply. That was the goal. I was like, I want to make sure that I have enough. I want to get my freezer stash going. And it turns out that you don't need a freezer stash as long (laughs) as you're making enough milk. It turns out that, you know, you learn, you live and you learn that you don't need 2000 ounces of milk in your freezer. You just need a couple little bags. But I was so scared to not have enough that I was that mom with thousands of ounces in the freezer. We had to buy a deep freezer. And when I returned to work, I realized, wow, I haven't touched my frozen milk at all. I was pumping what I needed for the day before for the next day and still having enough. So I was like, I need to do something with this milk. So I donated it. Uh, The first time I donated, it was about 2,000 ounces to three different moms. 
And um, since then I've donated about, I think 1500 more. I have it written down, but I'm not in New York. I mean, I'm not in North Carolina right now. Well, so who are these people that you donated to? Uh, so do you have, do you know them? Have you met them? I, I got to meet one of, I've met all of the moms besides one. Uh, a lot of them were women that I found on human milk for human babies. Oh yeah. Or on Facebook. Someone shared one of my pictures that I posted trying to donate milk. I was trying to, um, donate milk to NICU babies. And I, I found a mom that was struggling with postpartum depression in between what was going on with her and the medication. And for whatever reason, we didn't get too deep into it, but um, she didn't make enough and she was supplementing. And then I actually found another, this was really, this was really special to me. I found another mom on my post whose baby uh, had a cleft palate and she needed to supplement and she wasn't making enough either. And she was, she was really, she really wanted to make sure that he was going to get breast milk. And I asked her if I could meet him because, you know, I was giving her so much milk and I wanted to meet the little baby that was going to be drinking my milk because to me, it's, it's very special. And I kind of wanted to meet every baby and I couldn't meet every baby that I gave it to, but I got to meet him and he met my baby and they played on the floor and we talked and, um, I gave her my milk and it was a really good experience. That's amazing. I can ima- I can I can totally imagine how meeting the baby that you're donating to is just a really special moment. Yeah, it is because I mean, as much as it is like a normal thing to pump and stuff, it's a lot of work. It, it's a lot of work, and I wanted to know that my work. I wanted to see that it was going to go to another little baby, and it was it was really special. That is so wonderful. So you have, so you, um, you've done a lot of work to kind of help other moms and to spread a lot of, um, you know, reliable information, a lot of myth busting with people. What are some of the, what are some of the myths that you've heard that really kind of grind your gears, you know, that you've kind of found are just so blatantly not true? Um, so yeah, I definitely use my Instagram page as a platform for like, um, breastfeeding and for like what moms deal with when they have a baby and and all of those things. But, um, some of the things, uh, number one would probably be like fat content of milk. That's the number one thing I'm always seeing being posted. And it's about people trying to get the fat content and they think that, that their milk isn't fatty enough for their baby. And I always say the, the body that makes the baby can birth the baby and the body that births the baby can feed the baby. So whatever your milk is, whether it is skim milk or you're making ice cream, your milk, as long as there's enough of it, which there usually is, as long as you're emptying your breast enough, your milk is good enough for your baby. And everyone wants to know like what they can take or what they can do to make their milk thicker. And they don't, people don't realize that your milk doesn't have to be like cream to feed your baby. I have the chubbiest, the chubbiest little baby. And my milk looks like water. I mean, even after sitting in the fridge overnight, cause you know, that's when you can really see the fat. I don't, I don't have but a piece of paper of fat on the top of my milk. And milk is made by the body specifically for the baby. Your body knows your baby and it yeah. makes the milk specifically for your baby. So don't, yeah. I mean, so that's my thing is don't, don't stress about what your milk looks like. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. What and other, pump, what other, what are, what, what else? Oh my goodness. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank. Uh, well, 
Or do you have any tips for people who are, who are pumping, who are working and pumping? Yeah, or Lots of tips for pumping. Um, for number one, you need to get a good nipple cream. Um, mm. I am, I put my nipple cream on 10 times a day. Even when I'm not pumping, I'm so scared to get those cracked nipples again. So <laughs> I'm constantly using it, especially before pump. Um, my favorite one is, I think it's called or, organic nipple bomb from the honest company mm -hmm. that's my favorite one and i've tried a lot of them also a haka i don't do you know what a haka is yes mm -hmm. everyone needs a haka it is amazing especially for women who have really strong letdowns or who leak or you're feeding on one side and then your other side feels too full till the next time um it's really good to just get a couple ounces out uh, definitely invest in a pump that has a battery in it because I don't think I would have made it this far without uh, a rechargeable pump. That is my favorite thing. It's my pump and a pumping bra. I waited probably three months to buy a pumping bra. And once I got the pumping bra, I was like, I cannot believe I lived this long without a pumping bra. I know. I always see these pictures of people um, pumping at work. And I used to do this too. They're like holding the pumps up to their breasts with their knees. And I just yeah. want to like buy a thousand pumping bras and like mail one to every person that I see doing that. And I'm like, no, I know you know about this and you think it's not going to matter, but it will. It really makes a huge difference. It makes the biggest difference. And I, I know that they're expensive and, you know, $30, $40 seems like a lot of money. But I mean, think about it. That is going to be your best friend. You're going to wear that thing anywhere from two to 10 times a day for the next however long you decide to pump for. Yeah. And you can also make your own. I mean, you can make a little slit in a bra that you have and stick the little flange in there. Yeah, I, I did see that. I saw like people with like the sports bras, especially mm -hmm. cut little slits. And then I also saw that with uh, a regular breastfeeding nursing bra, I saw something with like, you pull the one one way and then the other one the other way. And I have, I'm actually sitting here trying it right now. <laughs> I can't figure it out. So if someone can figure that out, I've tried it. I've watched the YouTube videos on how to make a nursing bra, pumping bra, but I don't know. I can't figure that one out. Well, yeah. I mean, it makes so much difference. I mean, like, even if you're not, you know, typing or doing something, you know, um, yeah, like specific with your hands, but if you just want to like, yeah, just sit up or like scratch your yeah. face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Um, yeah, I mean, get a pumping bra so you can scroll on Instagram, you can buy <laughs> it on Amazon, you know, all that fun stuff that we do. Absolutely. So, so what's, um, what is next for you? So when are, when is it official? When are you officially out? I am officially out on May 10th of this year. So wow. my goodness, one day less than a month away, I'll be officially out of active duty and I switched to the reserves. I reclass, so I'll be a behavioral health specialist in the reserves. And then I've also been in school all year, uh, doing all my classes to get into my nursing program that starts in January. Wow, that's amazing. So you're gonna be a nurse. Yes, I'm gonna wow. be a nurse. And you know, we gotta make short attainable goals. And for right now, I just wanna get my nursing degree. Yeah. I eventually want to be a midwife. I would love, it's been my dream to deliver babies since I was six years old watching TLC. It's a baby story. I'm like, oh. I want to deliver babies. That's what I want to do. 
Well, you would be an incredible midwife. Anybody whose baby you deliver is one lucky mama. Thank you. Yeah, I, when I had my baby, I had a midwife just by luck. It was all by chance of whether I was going to get a midwife or an OB. And I mean, I never had an OB for prenatal care for delivery, but I had a midwife and that was my only experience that I know. And it was the best experience. I loved having a midwife. So if y'all can get a midwife, request a midwife. Yes, it's highly recommended. I mean, they're very highly trained in, you know, natural childbirth and all of the, you know, all of the things that your body is supposed to do and they can support you in a really very unique way. Yes. Yes. It was like, she was like my therapist slash my like birthing guru, doula, doctor, everything all in one. I still actually talk to her. Sometimes we're friends on Facebook and she's the baby now. And I brought him to meet her uh, about a month after the delivery. So that was nice. It's like they become part of the family. Yeah, it was really something different than what I'm used to with like any other doctor. You know, you go in, you see them, you you have your appointment and you leave and that's it. It was like, it was a relationship. Yeah, I feel that way when I see my doula. Whenever I see her at like conferences or whatever, I'm like, oh my God, oh hi. She's like, oh hi. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, you don't understand. It's like yeah, seeing my I grandma. <laughs> um, so how are you feeling about leaving the military? Is that? I thought I was going to be really excited to get out. And I thought I was going to be so ready to go back into the, you know, the real world, I guess you could say. And I'm kind of sad, a lot sadder than I thought I was going to be. I've only been out now for a couple of weeks and I don't know what to do with myself not working every day. Uh, Right now I'm in New York uh, visiting family with the baby. They wanted to see him and I had some time off. So we've been here the past almost two weeks and I'm leaving on Monday. Uh, but yeah, it's it's not what I thought getting out. I loved the army. I loved the military. And if it wasn't for having a baby, I, I definitely would have stayed in. But with my job, every 18 months, we leave for 10 months. So. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that wasn't for me. I if The people that do it, God bless them. They have, I give them all the credit in the world because it is hard being a mom in the military. I I can't imagine. I yeah, mean, the I, sacrifices that you make are just incredible. Yeah, I can't imagine either. That, that's why I'm getting out. <laughs> that's why you're leaving. <laughs> Who knows though? I mean, I'll have my foot in the door because I'll still be uh, in the reserves. Mm-hmm. And never know what can happen. I mean, I can get my nursing degree and come back in as a nurse in the army. We'll, we'll see what happens. Well, I should have asked you this at the very beginning, but how old is your baby now? He is 10 in almost a half month. So he's 10 and a half months. Okay. So you've been pumping for, are you still pumping? Because you're now you're home. So are you still pumping? Oh, I am still pumping. That pump has gone with me everywhere I've ever gone for the past 10 months. But yeah, I'm still pumping. And luckily, you know, I created that oversupply. So I only pump twice a day and my two pumps a day make just enough to feed him for the next day. So I'm not making any extra anymore, but I make just enough to feed him. And it's nice. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for being here. It's been so, so awesome talking to you. Yes, thank you so much. 
thank you for taking the time to talk to us and thank you for donating your breast milk and thank you for your service to this country. Thank you so much. So I love hearing the story behind the people behind the picture. I love it. Yes. She is so awesome. Thank you so much for being with us, Lauren. And thank you all for listening. And please share your experience in the review section on iTunes. And maybe you will be our review of the week. And head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com for our sponsor links, for promo codes, for a list of resources, all of our other episodes, and information about how you can schedule your very own lactation consultation with Diane. Bye. Bye. Bye.